Hello, I'm Sean. I'm an academic. And I'm Drew, a director and choreographer. We know it sounds like the beginning of a bad joke. An academic and a choreographer walk into a bar. Yes, it sounds like the beginning of the worst joke ever. But our unlikely friendship was born from a shared passion. We believe theatre is the art of collaboration. And that can be hard with many confusing titles and departments. Yes, we have to not only understand what people do, but also why they do it. And that's why we made the Theatre Blueprint podcast. Each episode, I speak to a leading artist in their field. And shed light on the inner workings of their department. There's so much to find out, so let's roll up our sleeves, put on our safety goggles and start digging. You've really committed to this building metaphor, haven't you? Yes, I have. Let's get on with the show. Taking us a little deeper than simply five, six, seven, eight, this interview sinks into the imagination of someone whose world is full of rhythms, patterns, style, physicality, weightless adventure, and the limitless possibilities of non-verbal communication. I'm really excited to talk with my next guest about where dance steps come from for her, and perhaps how dance can be used to change you and your views on the world. I'm thrilled to be joined by the extraordinary choreographer, Julia Cheng. Welcome to the podcast, Julia. Oh, thank you, Drew. Thanks for having me. That's a nice intro. Thank you. I have to say, before we get going on this interview, I have to say two things. First of all, you have to allow me a moment to just fanboy on you because I saw your recent production of Cabaret, which is currently on in the West End, and I was completely blown away by not only, I mean, the production's extraordinary, the experience is extraordinary, the, you know, and, and the, the, the way that the design team have worked on it is just magic. And of course, it's a brilliant show, but your work on it is just so fantastic. I mean, it's taking an iconic piece of theater like Cabaret, which is known for its choreography and being able to bring something so fresh. Um, I really think you should be so proud of it. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. It was, it was a, a beautiful, beautiful project and worked with so many amazing creatives. And I was really, um, I mean, I was really grateful, but also all the projects I've worked on, it's really great to be able to be embraced in the way that you approach process and your individuality and being being able to be accepted to just do what I do, like do your thing and do it. And although a lot of projects that I do um, often have that space, sometimes when you go to another genre or another world or another a space that maybe you haven't worked in because that's my first musical as well. Although I see it the same, you know, it's still performance work, it's still theatre. Um, it was really great that it exceeded. My, well, I didn't have crazy preconceived thoughts about it, but to know that, yes, I'd had a little bit of thought before to think, oh, is that, is it going to be all right? Am I going to have to be my true self? And yeah, man, everyone embraced, um, everyone embraced it, you know, and I know it's tough sometimes because my process is not all the same as what a typical musical theatre process may be sometimes, you know? So, thank you. <laughs> well, I, think it, I think it's great here when you talk about, you know, bringing yourself and doing what you do. I think maybe I should take a step back um, a moment and just kind of ask you to perhaps explain to our listeners um, what it is that you do, like what is your job title and, and how do you see yourself fitting within the mechanism of theatre making? Um, I've kind of got a, a trio job title hybrid Thing that I use creative direction creative director choreographer and dance artist and that is because I still perform now um, as dance artist and that's a, I think it's important as a choreographer to still be able to perform and to still always look deep into what your craft is then the other part is a co you know choreographer obviously making work as through movement and then creative direction because um, there's lots of projects that I work on which not only cover choreography but performance making live art working with lots of different types of artists, poetry, sculptors, music, always live instrumentation as much as possible, 
different composers. And so it's all kind of bigger landscape of, of creativity. So yeah, I've been reading that's the kind of realms that I work in and I've come from hip hop where I first started through battling in the underground scene a lot. And then I then I had met fortunately met a great mentor who taught me contemporary dance and modern Horton, Graham and American style jazz and then, you know, theatre was my studies and then passion is club dancing. So I just you know, just kept learning, wanted to learn all the time. That's so brilliant. And you and you mentioned earlier when you said that um, your process is perhaps different to some of the other choreographers that might be working in the West End. Could you tell us a little bit about what your process is? And, and if it's useful to think about what your process was on Cabaret, then obviously you can go through that. But if there's um, if there's a kind of a way of us understanding what, what kind of process you go through when, when you get from an idea through to the final concept that, that arrives on stage. Yeah, I think actually it's quite unique to the project. And it depends what the project is and what the output is of the project and who you're working with, what components, what mediums you're working with. However, for my, I think what's sculpting and becoming a lot more my process is, it's definitely a rolling ball process. It's not going, it's not one of those things where I know what the thing is already. It's really instinctive and intuitive with the creatives that I'm working with, the dancers that I'm working with, the musicians that I'm working with, music that I'm working with, and the space as well. Um, and then if I'm working with a director while I'm directing, how how that vision is and, and really honouring what that is. Um, and really listening to your fellow colleagues and, and peers to see what's really going to be ring true and how I process an idea. With Cabaret, for example, I really did my own research anyway and funneled a lot of imagery, um, poetry books, and really filled myself up um, like an empty vessel and just fill lots of different information and, and do my own ways and listen to different types of music, different types of ways that it's presented musically and then finding closer to what it actually feels the pace will be for this particular revival and then listening and having conversations with Frex, Rebecca Frecknell the director and Tom Scott the designer and scenic, scenic designer and costume designer and a lot of concepts and ideas are really quite clear and have done a lot of research on their parts whether it be from the theatre making or the direction of it and I have my ideas about movement as well and then we just kind of like listen process and the music is a big part of it for me as well because really s listening to it and then really finding like my actual real reaction to how I hear it and then how I want to translate it and how I feel what, what what am I hearing from it and what what's the emotions that I'm getting from it and then how's my body instinctively naturally reacting to it through improvisation so I use improvisation a lot to find physicality to find emotion to find textures and, and feel really what the storytelling without it being a narrative thing is and cling, clinging onto that and then finding the same thing seeing the dancers thinking okay yeah that's working with them that's what yeah that's sort of thing I want yeah yeah and then I build off that <laughs> and then yeah so I prepped a lot for this one because we had such limited time to work with with the ensemble and so we had different workshop periods where I'd work with some people where I know that type of texture that I want another set of workshops and then had prepped with the assistant choreographer Kayla for a couple of weeks um, with a good strongish kind of framework of some things and then I went in and taught bits and adjusted it as went along it wasn't as much of a contemporary dance sort of process that I would use normally where I'd normally really use the whole workshop period to create I had to pre-create a little bit more for Cabaret because 
the time restraint. So is there a big difference have you found between the work that you do as like an independent dance maker and that when you're working in something like a musical you find that the time constraints are different? The time constraints are different because there's a lot more volume. I feel like there's a lot more volume to create. So many different types of numbers and transitional things as well like as scenes and to think about that as well. I think there's a lot of riding it because you've got Movers. normally I, I choose a lot of my movers right and I did choose and I worked with this audition process as well was part of that with this with musical what I've noticed the biggest difference is that it's that those three genres that have to have a balance of acting of singing of dancing and now normally I work with people who are not uh, yeah I don't work with people who work in multiple disciplines but I choose probably people who just specifically work as dancers or specifically musicians and they do their role and then when we collide and, and collaborate and create this this crazy mishmash of of stuff you know but within musicals it was really like I really noticed in this casting process that yeah you have to work together and with the musical director with the director and myself really finding where and because everyone has to cover someone as well, it's not as simple as just pick someone who can do that performance. It's really about the longevity of the work and who will cover who if someone's off. And they need to have those other strengths in their artistry, right? I think that's right. I think we know a lot more about what collaboration is when it comes to the in-studio time. But in truth, the collaboration starts so much earlier than that. It starts right from the very first moment that creative team gets together and starts to discuss the aspiration for the project. And indeed, like you say, who ends up going on to be able to tell those stories when it comes to the on-stage part. Was it a big leap for you to move into creating your own material or was coming from an improvisational background something that really gave you a kind of a kickstart into finding your own voice within theatre? I actually started creating my own things and experimenting with it around 2007. And I came back from France, I lived in France for a year and that was already something that I knew I wanted to do and then I think it's because also um I had an interest to create my own express in a way of creating putting things together um instinctively but then also it, it around 2010 that's my first commission that I got and I was asked to create like a 20 minute piece in a theatre theatre piece that's like Greenwich Dance and like different different theatres around UK and then from there on I kind of just got more commissioned I just com got commissioned all the time or I applied for things and I got them and and then I was able to create more work. And I think I understood quite early on for myself that, you know, being someone who was not specifically technically trained or um, had paperwork to say, you know, you've got this, 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 and it's dance, academia, boom. You know, it's really quite, I, I knew that, you know, my the way that I move is from all these different styles that I've learned and seeks to learn myself because I'm so hungry to learn and intrigued to know what movement is for me. Um, around the world I traveled around the world and did loads of stuff outside of my my studies because I was really interested and hungry to learn to dance I thought I started so late you know I thought I'm the late starter so I need to really catch up that was my kind of mentality with creating my voice I thought well you know I did audition a few for a few companies and stuff and I thought do you know what like I don't know if I'm that I don't know if I, I can fit into something that someone already has because there was so much like really like really contemporary dance and really technical stuff or really balletic stuff and I didn't really feel like there was companies that was moving how I was moving <laughs> or using disciplines of styles that I use within theatre or um or other genres of, of performance art and so I, I quickly learned that 
I think I just need to make do my own thing. You know, Bruce Lee has this this quote of like, if you don't get given opportunities, you just make your own opportunities. And I read that quite early in my life, and I thought, you know what? I think it's one of those things where I just need to make my own opportunities and not make an excuse, just try and go for things. And at least I know I've done my best. I think of what you said, like you just go in and do your best, and then I've got no regrets. You know, I've given everything I can give in. I've been as honest as possible in the whole process. And um, that's it. May not have, maybe maybe everyone will like it, but it's what I do. It's me, you know. It's so interesting listening to you speak because it does make me really kind of centre in on that question of why do we do what we do? I think for me, theatre needs to respond to the world. And as artists, we have a responsibility to be able to translate it. And of course, that is where it becomes key to being able to work at what your voice is, what your view of the world point is, in order to be able to find out how to translate it for um, our audiences. It's amazing to hear how your response to that was um, to acknowledge that there wasn't a, a group or a company or an artist that was making the work that you felt represented by. And so your choice was to kind of go off into the world, learn about it, learn what your viewpoint was. And rather than knocking on other people's doors, you, you built your own doors. Um, and I think that is really inspiring. Is there anything you could say um, to maybe people that listen to this podcast that feel like they want to start now going into becoming their own dance maker or their own dance artist? Is there any advice that you would give to them at the beginning of their careers? I think a lot of time in my life, or a lot of people is spending trying to fit in or blend in. And for me, definitely as someone who's ethnic minority in theatre or recently just grown up in my hometown or everywhere, it's like wanting to fit in and blend and assimilate and come together and working so, being so sharp with your environment to be able to adapt quick. Um, so when you, and I was listening to you talking just now, I thought, you know what, it's because also like, you don't fit in and actually for a moment when you think you know what I don't have to fit in and I think it kind of leads me into a little bit of your response the response to your question which is well the first ultimate whole thing is just to not give up <laughs> just to keep going my thing is just don't give up keep going because it is a tough industry and you have to have thick skin not everyone's going to love what you do and your stuff at the beginning is going to probably be quite pretty dire. And then you're going to look back at your stuff and be like, oh, that was not great. <laughs> and you keep going, you keep going, and you just learn more and you learn more. And it's even now, you're never, you know, you're never perfection. And I think um, just to never give up, really. And in the end, if it's meant to be for you, you'll keep going for it. And if it's not, I think you would have given up. I believe it's not a choice when it wants to come out of you you'll keep bring, coming back to it, even if you leave it for a few years and you're like, no, this is not for me, or whatever your passion is, you'll abandon it for a while and then you'll find your way back and you'll fall back in love with it. And my teacher said to me, like, dance is always there for you. And I thought, I believe that's really true. Like, for me anyway, personally, that when you know that is your thing, just go for it and not give up, really. Just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep going. I never would think that I would, choreograph a musical you know I never think that I'll be able to do with these things that I I do now without having what the typical um conventional route up to that space is and I think that's all kind of a, a myth in a way actually if you talk to the people that um, have gone through a good amount of time within something really it's just hard work perseverance and a willpower to keep going and a love for what you do of course um and a kindness to people that 
you encounter along the way, I think, because we're all going through this now. Everyone's going through the, the life of journey of life, and it, and everyone feels the same stuff and experiences the hardship. So that's a little bit of a long answer to your question, but. No, it's perfect. I think if, if anyone was to watch me on this interview, you'd see I've just put my neck out by nodding very energetically to Julia on this podcast. I mean, it's kind of close to headbanging what I was just doing. On a personal note, it's just so rare that I get to talk to somebody in this way that really understands what I do as a job. And I think that it's it's just so obviously we have very different ways into doing what, what we do and our outcome is very different. But I think that what's just so exciting is, is this notion that like really at the core, even though our experiences of the world because of who we are and where we're from is completely different, that actually this universality of this kind of flight that dance can give you, it, it kind of can transcend all, all the things that are different about us. And in that one moment, make us, you know, in that, just listen to you speak just then, I was like, oh, it's, it, I really feel heard. It's a really weird thing. Um, and uh, and I, so I, I thank you for that. If you could reduce your experience of your, of your career down to something as simple as this, could you say what it is about your job that you love? In hindsight, I love this, but when I'm going through it, I don't love it. I love confronting my own fears. But when you're going through it in the process, it's freaking scary. And you feel so vulnerable. But you learn so much about yourself. I love that creative process or opening myself up or open and having a space where other people open themselves up together with in a magnitude of people what that is that's like literally humanity like being really human to each other and empathetic to each other that space is sacred um the other thing that's my main thing and then the other thing is i love i just love working with i love being inspired i love being inspired by fellow creatives whatever their output of expression is I find it so amazing and probably it's more people that don't work within my medium like of movement um, and other it's the other forms that inspire me the most like working with like all the other you know visual artists and directors now yes I direct too but when I'm working in a different capacity or lighting designers or costume designers and just or photographers and filmmakers and seeing what their eye and perspective is on and adding to that um, palette is like, for me, so inspiring because I can be like, oh, wow, you're thinking that way. But I, so be, I can translate and know what I feel as a mover or creative mover that and it, it translates. I'm like, oh, yeah, you see like that way. Oh, you see the movement of the light like this. Oh, you see the shade like that. You see the texture of that. And it, in a way, we're all using the same components, but just expelling in a different way. And um, that feeds me for sure. Like That feeds me to to grow and to be like, ah, oh, this person says, ah, observing. I love observing people's way of working. Um, I think there's a lot for us to all learn from each other if we just open up and listen a bit more and watch a bit more intently. So, Julia, thank you so much for your time. I, I, I can't say how much I've enjoyed talking to you and uh, I'm so excited about what's about to happen for you because I know you, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you never thought you'd be doing what you do now, but you know, everything has led to this moment for you and you've put all the hard work in and all that thing, you know, those thoughts about feeling like you're playing catch up have really paid off. And, and, I, and I'm really excited to say that I feel very confident this is just the beginning of your, your journey and you being a major voice in the uh, dance community of theatre making. So thank you very much for your thank time. Thank you so much for having me, Drew. So Julia covers so much and I think 
there's something really um, inspiring about how she reflected on on how there's a virtue to not fitting in and how you can turn something like that, which is quite a vulnerability, and actually her strength and her, I guess, resilience around that, but also how in not fitting in, she is really engaged in learning about others, about other cultures, about other ways of moving, to ensure that she's able to have a breadth of vocabulary, a breadth of ways of entering situations and articulating something that then becomes her own vocabulary in a very strong way. I think she's really inspiring. I think you get the sense as well of just how much she loves doing what she does. Like it's the act of turning up in the studio, sweating it out and making sense of the things that are inside her imagination. Um, and, and again, like you just said about that idea of going out into the world and, and learning so many different things and how that's impacted her into the, in, you know, in the way that she now makes work. Um, I think that's really sort of present in that, that desire for more knowledge and the desire for the opportunity to create work and how those two things collide into the work that she now makes. Absolutely. And I think there's something that's really clear about, which you and I have spoken about before, about how in this industry you have to be ready to work and what that means um, and how that brings a complexity with it, of course. But actually it is about really um, supporting yourself to have the right conditions from which to make the right conditions for other people to make work. And that's partly about her knowledge and her experience, but there's also something emotional there about the confidence to be vulnerable with other people. So there's so much going on there as as a leader, I suppose. I love this notion that, you know, Julia had this hunger and this passion, this sort of inquisitive nature, felt that she'd come to it later. And so had this like dynamite desire to go out into the world and uh, and she backed herself like like I love this idea that she decided that she was worthy of the investment in herself and I, I think that's really inspiring and and to now see you know this story blossom from a person who felt like she was behind to now you know choreographing a major West End production which is really notable for its amazing choreography I, I think just watching that arc and watching that that journey and that progression be led by a person who decided to back themselves, I think is, is, is a great, a great thing to be to be witnessing. Absolutely. And it's Ken Robinson talks about the creative life not being linear. And I think that's something that I hope in these podcasts we begin to unpick a bit, because there is this notion that if you don't start dancing at two and a half, then it's never going to happen for you. If you haven't come from a particular class or background or accent, it's never going to happen for you. And hearing Julia with the self-belief and then the ability to then find out and make it work. And I'm not saying it's easy at all, but actually that determination is so key. And I think there are so many of us, the two of us perhaps included, who sit thinking, today's the day I get discovered, not in a good way. And... I think Julia just went out and said, no, tomorrow I will be discovered in a good way. And just hearing how she worked to make that happen rather than worked to get a job is really important because it's a very different way of being, I think. And it is around that non-linear progression. 
I remember us talking about the, the non-linear idea and it really helped you when you first introduced that idea to me as a practitioner because I think societally we're, you know, maybe it's capitalism, but we're all very much stuck in a rock, you know, in a route that is um, one way. We're supposed to be going up all the time. We're supposed to be gaining notoriety. We're supposed to be gaining in, you know, all, all these different ways. We're supposed to always be on top and we're all supposed to be on the way up. And actually, I think that my like learning that actually my career and my practice was going to not always be in one direction, that it's not always going to be constant and the circularity of it. And it, it really helped me at the time because it made me realise if you imagine your career is going always going forwards and you can only go up and then down rather than this sort of like beautiful patchwork or a tapestry, a scrapbook of moments that are going to, you know, blossom and bloom and explode and then and then sort of creep away again and and that your your your, your focus can drift to different areas of your life where there could be a period of your life where the most colorful thing about it is a family or a relationship or a house or something and then there'll be other times where the the beautiful noise and vibration is focused solely on your career it's um it really helped me that idea that actually i don't always have to be on the way up that i can i can somehow be sort of dancing on the spot for a bit or i could be finding different directions and I, I, I really encourage now people to think about that because it's the only thing that keeps you sane when the flow of the, of the industry isn't necessarily pushing you in an upwards direction. Each week I ask our guests the same question and this is my favourite bit. I ask them, what does theatre mean to you and why is it important? I think it's really important to be able to always have that playground space and that youthfulness and be a kid and play. And for me, ultimately, theatre is a play space and you can be imaginative, you can be, you can be whatever you want to be and you can, um, you know, challenge your own things or who you are as a person by bringing another element of something that you want to be in that space and ultimately that has a knock-on effect and you end up feeling that as well. And so all these things... Um, for me this play space and a place of empathy as well because you have to channel yourself in theatre and everyone has to channel themselves in a way that is about understanding and um, putting yourselves in other people's shoes and the last thing is I'd say connection and being able to breed a space where people come together in a space where less and less interaction there is in the world now theatre is a space where that interaction takes place and we do um, have a capacity to be able to sit for a longer length of time rather than these 15 second instantaneous reels that we, we see often now to have that space of attention span where we can sit for a long period of time is important and i think there still is one of those spaces that does that and allows that you've been listening to a scratch post production made in collaboration with the pony company and goldsmiths university of london music by andre rossi made available by upbeat.io We'd love to hear from you and find out what you want to know about the theatre industry. You can interact with us at Blueprint Podcasts on Instagram and subscribe for our next episodes.